It's the Shabbat of repentance, the Shabbat of return. It's the Shabbat that always falls between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur during the 10 days of Av. During these 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we are to intensify our introspection and repentance in preparation for the holiest day of the year. Sorry. <clears throat> Got something in my... Sorry about that. So during these 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we are to intensify our introspection and repentance in preparation for the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur. Not only does Shabbat Shuvah derive its name from the season of repentance that we are currently in, but more particularly from the opening words of this week's Haftarah reading from the prophet Hosea that Josiah read for us earlier. Which says, which says, Shuvah Yisrael Adadunai Elohecha, return, O Israel, unto the Lord your God. Ki cheshalta ba'avonecha, for you have stumbled in your iniquity. Ki chu imachem devarim, take with you words and return unto the Lord's. Say unto him, forgive all iniquity and accept what is good. As I've been reading through the Haftarah this year, I've been really struck by this unusual phrase in verse 3. And I don't know why I've never thought about this before. It says, Kihu imachem devarim v'shuvu el Adonai. Take with you words and return unto the Lord. It's a very odd phrase, even in Hebrew. To take with you words? How are you supposed to take words and in your taking words, return to God? What does it mean to take these words before we can continue, however, let's back up for a moment and talk about the context of this passage and its juxtaposition with the verses before it. Hosea, and there's another Hosea over there. <laughs> I know we're talking about you, don't worry. <laughs> Hosea lived in the 8th century BCE, and he was a younger contemporary of the prophet Amos. He lived and functioned in the northern kingdom of Israel. Now, all of us are familiar that uh, under the, the height of Israel's uh, kind of existence was the kingdom under King David, right? And then under King Solomon, it expanded even more. But King Solomon kind of opened the door for problems. And there was so much fighting between his sons that the kingdom was divided into two separate kingdoms. There was the northern kingdom, which comprised mostly of the 10 northern tribes. And then there was the southern king kingdom, the kingdom of Judah, which was primarily Benjamin and Judah. So you have different prophets who kind of functioned speaking to the different parts of the Israelites at this time. And Hosea is one of the prophets who lived in and was called to speak correction to the northern kingdom. In fact, he dedicated himself to challenging Israel's abhorrent ways and encouraging them to return to God. We know that the northern kingdom especially really kind of strayed away from God. They set up their own temples. You have many of the kings who started to serve other gods. Like just read through kings, right? 
It says like, and then there was this king, and he was terrible in the eyes of God. And then there was this king, and he was terrible in the eyes of God. You only have a few that are actually decent or even good. The majority of them did what was evil. Hosea lived at the time when the northern kingdom of Israel began to succumb to the mighty Assyrian empire. In our Haftarah, he warns and pleads with the remaining kingdom of Judah comprised largely of the remaining tribes of Judah and Benjamin, but not completely by that point, to mend their ways and return to God, lest they experience a similar downfall, similar to their brethren in Israel. So this is now already after Israel's been destroyed and only Judah remains. And so in the, in the last part of his book, he's now telling, he's, and he's prophesying to Judah, if you don't change your ways, then what happened to Israel is going to befall you. Does everybody understand kind of a little bit really quickly? All right. So in the verse that immediately precedes the opening words of our Haftarah this week, we read a prophecy recounting the destruction of the northern kingdom on account of its sins. In verse one, it says, Samaria shall bear her guilt for she has defied her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their infants shall be dashed to death and their pregnant women ripped open. And then it goes into this beautiful passage. Return, O Israel, unto the Lord your God. Take your words and return unto the Lord. Say unto him, forgive all iniquity and accept what is good. And it goes on to say how God will accept you back if you turn to God with true repentance. It's a beautiful passage. But the verses right before it are so horrible, right? As we asked a moment ago, what does it mean to take words with you and return unto Hashem? There are a few possible answers. One possible answer is found in this week's Torah portion in Vayelech, where in Deuteronomy 31, verse 19, we have Moses instructing the people on that last day of his life at age 120. May I write Torah scrolls at 120? <laughs> now write for yourselves this song. What is the song that he's speaking about? It's the song that's going to come in next week's Torah portion, Ha'azinu, all right? So it's, this is setting up. Remember, chapter breaks and verse breaks. We're not in the Bible when it was written, right? So there was no break here. It's just today we artificially put a break between this week's Torah portion and Ha'azinu. In some years, actually in most years, they're read together, Vayelech and Ha'azinu. Now write for yourselves this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Have them learn it by heart. It literally says in Hebrew, Sima bifehem, literally put it in their mouths. That's what it literally means. Put these words in their mouths. So this song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. For when I have brought them into the land, which I swore unto their fathers, flowing with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten their fill and grown fat, and turned to other gods and served them, and despised me, and broken my covenant, then after many calamities and troubles have come upon them, this song will testify before them as witnesses, because their descendants will still be reciting it and will not have forgotten it. For I know how they think even now, even before I have brought them into the land about which I swore. So Moshe wrote this song the same day and taught it to the people. It's interesting that what that describes is exactly what happened to the people. They came into the land, they forgot about God. They started serving other gods and doing all kinds of abhorrent things. And so what happened befell them that Moses prophesied about, that God would remove you and punish you. 
But when you turn back to God, he would bring you back to this land. So by words, does Moses literally mean only the words to the following song or more broadly to all of his instruction as a whole? Remember the word Torah, although often Christian translations translate it as law, it doesn't mean law. What does Torah mean? Instruction. It means teaching. So when Hosea states, uh, I'm sorry, so by words, it seems that the answer could be both the literal song that, that, that follows or to the instruction of God's Torah as a whole. For example, if we kept reading in the same chapter from Vayelech in verse 24, Moshe kept writing these words of this Torah in a book until he was done. When he had finished, Moshe gave these orders to the Leviim who carried the Ark of the Covenant of Adonai. Take this book of the Torah and put it next to the Ark of the Covenant of Adonai, your God, so that it can be there to witness against you. This is the same words that he says why you're supposed to teach him the song. So it will be a witness. For I know how rebellious and stiff-necked you are. Here, even while I am still alive with you today, you have rebelled against Adonai. So how much more will you do so after my death? Assemble for me all the leaders of your tribes and your officials so that I can say these things in their hearing, calling heaven and earth to witness against them. Because I know that after my death, you will become very corrupt and turn aside from the way that I have ordered you and that disaster will come upon you in the acharita yamim, in the, in the final days, because you will do what Adonai sees as evil and provoke him by your deeds. Then Moshe spoke in the hearing of the whole assembly of Israel, the words of this song from beginning to end. So when Hosea states in our Haftarah that we're supposed to take words with us, and return, unto Hashem, and return unto Hashem, perhaps the prophet is referring to, is what, perhaps what he is referring to is the instructions of Hashem as a whole. That we should take the words and songs we've been taught, and one day they would beckon us back. And when we are far away and not living in the way we're supposed to, that the, this instruction would lead us back. It would instruct us in how we are to return unto the Lord. But there is another way to look at it. Another possible answer is that we're supposed to find our way back literally with words. Returning re or repentance is to confess our wrongdoings, our sins, and commit once again to following in God's ways. In the often repeated style of the prophets, Hosea tells the people that God is not interested here in simply going through the motions of simply offering offerings and sacrifices without a pure heart. However, approaching God with words taken to heart, Chabad Rabbi Mendel Dubov writes, approaching God in such a way will guarantee atonement for even the harshest of sins. We might have been thought, uh, what might have been thought to be the function of bullocks, meaning the sacrifices, should be replaced with lips direct and sincere communication with God. This latter statement is invoked each day in our morning prayers. In our present situation, we are all together unable to offer sacrifices. We therefore ask of God that the prayer of our lips be regarded and accepted by you as if we had offered the daily sacrifice. I believe what Hosea is referring to 
When he says, take with you words and return unto the Lord, is a combination of both of these answers. We need to absorb the instructions we have been taught and the power of those words to both heal and bring us back, as well as the importance of repentance through confessing our shortcomings and that our words expressed with sincere faith with our lips also serve as powerful offerings in and of themselves. By using words, we can bring healing and wholeness to ourselves, to others, and to the world. The theme of repentance is so central specifically to this time of the high holidays when we are even more keenly aware of our own shortcomings, or at least we should be. On Shabbat Shuvah, and during this season of repentance, this theme is so central to everything that we are doing. Of course, we should constantly be aware of our shortcomings on a daily basis and come before Hashem with a repentant heart every single day of the year. In fact, according to the Talmud, Rabbi Eliezer taught, repent one day before your death. His disciples asked him, does this then mean that one should know the day that he will die? If you're supposed to repent one day before you die? To which he responded, all the more reason he should repent today lest he die tomorrow. There is often a lot more to repentance than just saying you're sorry. And most people are not willing to do the difficult task and the work that it takes. This is what we've been talking about the last few weeks. Therefore, God, knowing our procrastinate nature, gave us a specific season during the year when we are to take very seriously the task of repentance and introspection. And why? because we must have our spiritual lives in proper order to intimately meet with the king. The blessing of the high holidays is that it forces us to, at least annually, do the difficult work of teshuva. Otherwise, it would not get done because we often procrastinate and we'd rather put it off. We say, I'm sorry, but we don't really do the difficult work that we're supposed to. And God knows this, and this is why he appointed his moedim, his appointed times to meet with us as outlined in the Torah. During the high holidays, God beckons us to do some serious soul, soul searching. The Hebrew word chet, which is so often translated as sin, literally means to miss the mark. It is to veer off course on the path of proper spiritual, moral, and ethical behavior. Therefore, the Hebrew word teshuva, as we've talked about, literally means turn, or even better, to return. We must turn from our shortcomings, return to Hashem, our life source, who is the true answer to our soul's deepest yearnings. It's Shabbat Shuvah. So let's take the lesson of our Haftarah with us into our preparation for Yom Kippur. Let's take with us words and deeds and return to the Lord. Gemar Chatimatova, may you be sealed for a good and sweet new year. Rabbono Shalolam, master of the universe. As we approach Yom Kippur, with both its awesomeness, its holiness, I pray that you would do a deep work within us. That we've been praying this year for a radical breakthrough, not only for us as individuals, but for us as a community that you would do great things, that this would be the beginning of not only a new year, but a new season in the life of each and every one of us. 
I pray this would be a year that we would look back on, that we would, that we would see true movement in our lives, true change, that we would be set free, that we would be released, that we would walk into a new level of anointing and calling and purpose. And again, not only for us as individuals, but for us as a community. I believe with complete faith. I believe with complete faith, God, that you want to do a great work in us this year. If we will be willing, if our hearts would say, if we would turn to you in true repentance, that you would answer. Because you're always ready and willing to hear the prayers of the righteous. This is the theme of what we'll be talking about in our study this afternoon with Chana. Help us to have a hunger. A hunger that is so deep and a thirst that is so great. That is prophesied, the one that is prophesied by Amos. Where there'll be a great hunger in the world, but the hunger will not be for bread and the thirst will not be for water, but to hear the words of the living God. God, we cannot expect that from the world if it doesn't happen within us first. So God, let us be the first fruits of what you are doing in order to prepare the world for the return of Mashiach. Whenever that is, help us to be ready and to doing the difficult work now with expectation. Because as Rabbi Eliezer said, we will not know the day of our death. So let's start today to be ready for tomorrow. Bo Ruach Elohim, come Spirit of God in this place and prepare us to for a deeper encounter with you on Yom Kippur. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So if you'll rise with me and turn in your prayer books to page 146. For the words of the Elenu, 